Hi, it's really great to have you with us. I'm Rob Porter. My wife Heather and I have the amazing privilege of being the senior pastors at Kingdom Culture Church in Burpengary, Queensland. We have an incredible preaching team and I hope that this message will encourage and bless you as you listen. I want to speak uh, a sermon really quickly in the next 16 minutes because we've got to pray for some people called The Anointing Changes Everything. And if you're here this morning, I've trimmed a lot of that, so you're welcome. Um, We're going to read from Exodus quickly because anointing is one of those words that I think in Christendom, if we talked about it, it'd be like, yeah, the anointing. But if someone said, what is the anointing? Like, what does it mean? I don't know about you, but I think there's a lot of us that would be like, you know, the anointing. You know, it's it's anointed. And, uh, and, or, and we just start saying like Pentecostal, it's fire and it's wind and it's, it's passion and it's, it's the anointing of Jesus. But, but where did it start? What well, we see in Exodus, it's going to be on the screen. We, the Lord said to Moses, take the finest spices of liquid myrrh, 500 shekels, which is great because mum actually flew to Turkey uh, to get this for me. And um, this is worth about 50, th- it's not, it's, it's from Coles, but it's, it's a great prop. And so uh, sweet smelling cinnamon, half as much, that is 250 and 250 of aromatic cane and 500 of cassia, according to the shekel of the sanctuary and a hymn of olive oil. And you shall make these, watch this, a sacred anointing oil blended by the perfumer. It shall be a holy anointing oil. Down to verse 29, you shall consecrate them, they will be most holy. Whatever touches them will be holy. You shall anoint Aaron and his sons and consecrate them that they may serve me as priests. And you shall say to the people of Israel, this will be my holy anointing oil throughout generations. This wasn't something for back then. It's for now. It shall not be poured on the body of an ordinary person. You shall make no other like it in composition. It is holy and it will be holy to you. Whoever compounds any like it or whoever puts something on the outsider shall be cut off from his people. Translation, don't try and make a substitute for the anointing. Don't try and replace it. And I said this morning, but Dr. Ray H. Hughes, preacher from many, many years ago, influenced, like I said, not Jensen Franklin, but Jensen Franklin's father, not Judah Smith, but Judah Smith's father, Wendell, uh, by Ray H. Hughes preached a sermon called The Anointing Makes the Difference. And he preached it uh, in Alabama. And on the first night, he wasn't super well known. He was kind of well known. On the first night, he had a couple of hundred. And by day seven, he had 4,000. And all he preached on every night was the anointing makes the difference. And so I've changed the title massively and said the anointing changes everything. (laughs) There's a big difference between singing and anointed singing. There is a big difference between preaching and anointed preaching. There is a big difference between church life and anointed church life. But let's get outside of the church for a second. There is a big difference between marriage and anointed marriage. There is a big difference between conflict and anointed conflict. There is a, you, the, the anointing is not just for pul- pulpits and preachers and pastors. The, the anointing is for your workplace. The anointing is for the teacher. The anointing is for the doctor. The anointing is for the mum. The anointing is for the dad. The anointing is to permeate throughout our life. There's a difference between disappointment and anointed disappointment. There's a difference between suffering and anointed suffering. I feel tonight there's a slightly different agenda this morning. He wants us to welcome His presence, His anointing, His unction into every space in our heart, every area of our life. In 1 John 20, it says, But ye have an unction from the Holy One. 
and unction. That's such an old school word. I love old school words, man. Imagine going to a, I'm doing a youth conference this week. Imagine if I got up and I was like, who here has an unction? All the kids would be like, I hope not. <laughs> you know? Is that the new variant? Like what's going on? What does unction mean? It means a quickening. God brings you an unction. I said it this morning, but when Jasmine and Jess and Brad and the team and Abby and whoever are writing songs, it's not just that they're good lyricists and orators, even though they are, it's that there's an unction that comes upon them. There's a quickening that comes upon them and steadies their pen or their notepad or whatever it is. There's, there's an unction. But once again, let's get outside of the church. You can speak to people and have an unction. You can minister and have a quickening. You can work in your job and have an unction. Reinhard Bonnke used to preach a sermon, you probably heard it, called The Unction to Function. The quickness of God that comes to us. Oh, it's so easy to, 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 to leave that space and get into just work mode. Life, bills, got to do this, got to pay that, got to do this. If I want to get to my appropriate level of comfort, I need to buy this thing and do that. And there's nothing wrong with things, but so quickly we stop listening to that still small voice. That unction, that quickening of the Holy Spirit. Hurry up, Fred. The anointing means to put on, to cover, to smear all over. To cover, to smear all over. It does not mean a drop. It does not mean a little bit. It does not mean once a year. It does not mean when David Hall's preaching. It does not, it means all the time. Put me in the jar, man. I want to be full. I want to be covered. It's going to look weird. It's not normal. It's not comfortable. Man, what could happen if a church was set alight with the anointing? What could happen if I was set alight with the anointing? You might go, you seem like you are. Yeah, like 64% of the time. And that's being generous. What could happen if we let Him cover us, fill us, change us, use us? It's not a little bit, it's, it's a touch. It says in Psalms 133, it's like precious oil poured on the head, running down the beard. Running down Aaron's beard, Frederick's beard, down on the collar of his robe. This wasn't a little bit of oil. You guys saw Pastor Dad cover Craig in oil years ago in there. It was messy. He kept being like, it's in my eyes. <laughs> but Dad wanted to give us a picture of what it looked like. It ruins your clothes. You can't go socialise afterwards. You look different. Your eyes sting a bit, but you're covered. What would it mean to be covered with... I can't see when I take these off anymore. Psalm 92, 15 says, I will be anointed with fresh oil. (laughs) Fresh oil. I was looking into Mesopotamian culture and I found something that is preacher's gold. I should have said it first in the, anyway, doesn't matter. You know why they had oil and they dipped bread in it? Because sometimes the bread got stale. We do it at Vapiano's and at Bianca's because we're feeling all like, no, yes, I want some oil and vinegar. We don't actually, but we want to look sophisticated. But, <laughs> but they did it because they were like, oh, this be- bread's been in storage for so long, it's a bit stale. We don't have money to get more until the next harvest. So we're going to dip it in oil. I feel like that's a word for you, bro, for the college. Don't let that bread get stale. Don't let that bread get stale. We're so pumped. I mean, who, Pastor Caleb is such a good job. Pastor Caleb, let me pray for you, bro. Let me pray for you. Just lift your hands to heaven.
You know, he was telling me, just enjoy God. He was telling me that, 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 that there's probably gonna be over 30 students on a Monday night. That's amazing. You might not, that will make us one of the biggest Bible colleges in North Brisbane. And it's not about size, it's about reach and influence and people being raised up in the Word of God. Make sure you dip the bread and the oil. Rivers of living water. Jesus' Name. Jesus' Name. Make sure they dip their bread, bro. Make sure they dip their bread. I'm, I'm barely holding on here. <laughs> okay. Um, what should I do next? Okay. Very helpful, Emma. Imagine six quarts of oil and sweet smelling herbs poured over you. Just pretend for a moment that a prerequisite to being at Kingdom Culture Church, I have seven minutes, cool. A prerequisite to Kingdom Culture Church is that as you walked out, let's be honest, it would be Pastor Mum, is just standing there with a barrel of oil. And she's like, (laughs) and then as you walk through, she's like, come on, I build with KCC, go get them. And we all went out, we ruined our cars. Oil gets everywhere, man. Oil gets everywhere. Can can you imagine the the, the smell of that? Bill Johnson says we need to have oily footprints. We need to have oily footprints. Can you imagine Aaron after he was walking home? Because like we see the bit in the Bible. I love to see the bits in between what's recorded and what's written. And it's extra biblical, but it's fun. And I've got a big imagination. And I think of Aaron, I think of everyone's there and he's being anointed and he's probably standing like this and everyone's clapping and there's shafars and Marco's there in a loincloth like, and it's all happening. But, but, then, but then everyone leaves and Aaron's there and he's like, I guess I'll go home. He begins to walk home, oily, with oily footprints smelling like oil and myrrh and cassia. And as he walked by, people would probably have been able to smell him. As you leave church, can people smell you? Do you smell like Christ? Do you have oily footprints? Our senior pastors have such a heart for evangelism and outreach this year. And you're going to hear more about that at Vision Sunday. It's genuinely so exciting. Like we're going to do whatever we need to do. And I mean whatever to see the lost come into this house. But it's not going to work if no one goes out with some oil. Pastor Heather can get up and tell us all about how she's seen a cleaner saved, a hairdresser saved, a, 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 a bus driver saved. Do you take the bus? And, but it doesn't. And, and we'll be like, yeah, amazing. Woo! But if we have no unction, if we have no oil, We'll just be clapping someone else's boldness. We need some of this on, in us, on us. Someone say, Lord, anoint me. This is a good prayer. All right, I'm almost done. Point one, the anointing resists the flesh. In Exodus 32, it says it will not be poured on the body or the flesh of ordinary men. Romans 8, 7 and 9 says, So then those who are in the flesh cannot, someone say cannot, please God. Galatians 3, 3 says, Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? Yeah. Do you remember that honeymoon season of Christianity? <laughs> when you first got saved and you were like, what? I get to go to church? Yeah. That's amazing. I get to read about the guy that just saved me from hell and addiction and pornography and depression. Wow, what an honour. Yeah. Flash forward 10 years, we're like, it's been three weeks, I haven't gone to service. I probably should go, but not because I have a conviction, because people will ask me where I've been if I don't. And I know I should read some Bible, but 
Watching Joe Rogan's podcast is easier. Because it's the thing, if we indulge the flesh, the flesh is hunger grows. But the anointing resists the flesh. And the flesh doesn't have to be intense sin, even though that's part of it. It can just be lethargy. It can be a lack of self-control. But to give an example of the anointing resisting sin, I was doing a youth camp. Now, I want to specify this was about seven years ago, seven, eight years ago. And I was at Alex Headlands, I was doing, and I did the morning session. And I'm telling you, the fire of God broke out. Like, it was awesome. People just getting laid out. It was awesome. And then I had a break in between sessions. And so I went to the beach by myself. And I was at the beach. Can I be honest? Is that right? I was at the beach and there was a lady in a bikini with, and you could, yeah. So, I mean, it's a bikini, right? (laughs) It is what it is. And um, yeah, I looked for way too long. And I kept doing that thing where you try and sort of look away and then like, you know, your flesh is like, oh, just look again. Like, you're not doing it, it's fine. Just look again. Nah, and then I looked again and, that was about it. Did that for about five minutes. And then I was like, no, no, no come on, Fred. Yeah. I went back and that night I ministered and I preached my adoption sermon, which I've done a bunch of times. And boy, it was flat. <laughs> I preached it good too. It was flat. I opened up the altar that morning. There was a hundred young people on the altar that night. Not, not kidding, probably four. And I got home and I was praying and I said, Lord, <laughs> you know how you talk to God and you already know what He's going to say? but you're hoping he doesn't. So you're just checking. I was like, hey, Lord, like, <laughs> what happened? You didn't show up. <laughs> He's like, really? <laughs> didn't show up. I said, what happened? He said, you happened. You put vinegar in the oil. And I didn't want to give that to my kids. So I argued with God. I said, it was just a look. He said it was just a bit of vinegar. But it ruins it. And I just thought I'd protect my kids from you in that moment. I was like, oh, it's almost like preaching the gospel carries some responsibility and weight with it. The anointing resists the flesh. John 6 says it's the spirit that quickens the flesh profits nothing. I'm going to skip the story of David because of time. Point number two, will not be poured on outsiders or strangers. Whoever compounds any like it or whoever puts any of it on an outsider will be cut off. Some Christians wonder why they don't feel very anointed, yet their proximity to God is so far. Don't get me wrong, God wants you to come to church. But He wants to hang out with you one-on-one way more. But it's like a trick. Because if you hang out with God heaps one-on-one, you'll want to be at church. You'll want to serve. You'll want to lean in. You'll want to tithe. You'll want to bless. There are so many Christians that are strangers to God. I I never get a word. God never highlights me to speakers and guests. I always get missed and then we turn it into, because it's way easier to just point fingers. We need less fingers, more thumbs. But it's like, hey, I, 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 never get, I never get this, I never get that. It's like, no, no, just draw near to Him. Just draw near to God. There's no other way to do it. It would be so tiring being lukewarm. Just go and sin. It's easier and you'll come back quicker. Being lukewarm is so boring, so soul taxing. 
draw near to God. Watch Him anoint your life. Watch Him anoint your speech. Watch Him anoint your career, your vocation, your marriage. I don't want to be that cliche Pentecostal, but any problem in your life, draw close to God. Draw close to God. Money troubles, draw close to God. Marriage problems, draw close to God. Issues in your mortal body, draw close to God. I'm not saying that He'll fix it straight away. I'm saying He'll give you the unction, the grace and the strength to walk in the season well. And every day that goes on, we're getting closer to our healing and to our breakthrough. But I'm not on an adrenaline junkie ride with the Lord trying to get the biggest high from the biggest miracles. I'm in covenant with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And Him being in charge means I'll go through whatever season or valley He asks me to and I will try and do it well. And the only way I can do it remotely well is if I'm close. Number four, we're almost done. The anointing has no substitute. Imitation does not work. Acts 10 38 says this, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And He went around doing good and healing all those who were under the power of the devil because God was with Him. I'm going to read that again because this blew my mind when I read it this week. God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and power and how He went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with Him. Even Jesus yielded Himself to the anointing of God. But the result of being yielded to the anointing of God is healings and good things. doesn't even say what the good things are, but sign me up for the good things. You want good things? Get on the altar. Is your life a bit crap? Sorry for saying crap. Get on the altar. Yield yourself to God. This life is full of pain and disappointment, friend. It is. It is. The world is fallen. There is sin and sin abounds, but draw close to the shepherd. It doesn't say even though I walk through the valley of comfortability. It says even though I walk through the valley of the shadow, not of death, but of the shadow of it, which means that's pretty close. I'll fear no evil because you're close to me. You've anointed me. Someone say, God anoint me. The anointing changed everything. Benji, come join me. Appreciate you. Point number five, the anointing changes everything. The anointing changes everything. I heard a story last year that I thought was a, a good full stop for this sermon. And it was told by a pastor from America called Dr. Cole, Dr. Cole Pepper. He was from the South. And he told a story about how in the 80s, his daughter, who was 16, he's a Pentecostal preacher, went and got her license, whatever P plates are in America. And she said, Daddy, can I go and get a burger with my friend? Can I take the small car and can I go? And he's like, sure, you can. So she went and picked her friend up who was from the church and they went and they had to drive between towns to get to a Kentucky Fried Chicken. And halfway through the car broke down and mobile phones weren't a thing. And so they were like, well, we better like hail someone down because we don't know how to fix this on account of being 16. And so they held this car down and this guy got out. He was a gruff looking guy, older, older gentleman. And he said, oh, why don't you guys get in the car and I'll take you to the next town or we can go back and we can get your dad and we can sort it out. And they were a little bit naive and they got in the car. And a little while later, they realised that the car wasn't going towards either of the towns. It was going further out. And the daughter started saying, hey, can we, can we, this doesn't seem the right way. Can we go back? And he started getting real aggressive and real angry. And then it was almost like this presence took over him. And he started saying horrific things to them and what he was going to do. And 
the daughter looked in the back and saw a knife and rope and tape and chloroform. And she, she said, I don't know what came over me, but I looked at him and I pointed at him. This is while this guy's driving. And she starts speaking in tongues at him. And he's driving. He's going, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? She's like, He looks back. What's wrong with her? And this friend started to feel, because this is the thing, when you let the anointing come on you, other people rise up. Her friend goes, that's the Holy Ghost. And she starts talking to him too. Can I tell you, it's exciting and clappable, but just wait, that's dangerous. Like it sounds good now, but in the moment there is stakes. So these 16-year-old girls, they're Rushul Basha, this guy. And he, then he starts saying this, stop it, we can't take it, stop it right now. He pulls the car over and says, get out of my car. The anointing still works. God is still good. He has power in the modern day. This isn't just something for the book. It's something for now. And you might never, I pray, you never get kidnapped by an old man and driving somewhere. But what I do pray is everything in your life that is screaming at you, everything in your life that seems so opposite to the plan of God, you'd look at that thing dead in the eyes. You'd set your knees and you'd go, Rasha Karaba, Rusho Korobo, Shanda. Speak to that thing, man. Why don't we stand in the house tonight? I want to pray for some people and then I want to pass over to Pastor Dad because he's got some words and he's going to, as Rachel would say, lay cats out. Are you well tonight? Are you all right? Yes. I'm telling you, some of you this week, speak to that thing. Speak to that voice. Just You might look like an idiot. Just by yourself. Speak to that thing in your mind. Don't go up to someone that annoys you and do it. But at home when they're not there, pretend they're there. Something might happen to them or to you. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's message. Our hope is that you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. If not, we'd like to invite you to begin your journey with Him today. When we read Scripture, we see that sin separates us from God, but that our relationship with God is restored by salvation through Jesus Christ. This happens because God gave Jesus His Son to die in our place, to deal with the sin problem, and He rose again so that we can have eternal life with Him. If we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, we can know salvation today. If you're ready to do that and turn from a life of sin, then pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Saviour. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time today, we would love to know and reach out to you and support you. So please contact us at hello at kingdomculturechurch.com.au.